started last week, uh, we began the series saying that margin, according to Richard Swenson's uh, writings on the subject, is the space between our load and our limit, the space between what we're currently carrying and our max capacity to carry things. So our, our, our max capacity on our calendar compared to how full our calendar already is. Um, our, our emotional load, what we're carrying emotionally compared to what we have space for, we have room for emotionally, financially, all of our bills, all, all of our financial obligations compared to our maximum capacity, our, our limit when it comes to finances. In every area of our life, margin is the difference between our load and our limit. And we, and we said that having margin gives us the opportunity to, uh, to rest, right, to relax. It, it gives us the opportunity to respond to unexpected uh, events, unexpected financial events, unexpected emotional events, physical events, relational events. So, so we're able to absorb the unexpected when we have margin. It gives us space to do the important work of life because we said last week, the most important work of life happens in, in the margins, time with your kids, time with your family, time with your spouse, uh, building deep, encouraging relationships uh, with friends, time alone with God, meditation, prayer, reading the scriptures, all of the most important eternal aspects of this life take place in the margin. And yet we're in this, um, we're in this raging river of busyness and stress in our society. We're in this, this, these rapids of do more, run faster, accomplish more, sign up for more, be involved in everything, do everything you possibly can. As a matter of fact, we justify all of that because everybody seems to be living that way, right? Everybody seems to be stressed out. We take pride in that as if busyness and stress are a sign of our value, right? Look at me. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. I must be really, really important. Like this is how a lot of people approach life. That's just a sign that I'm really needed and I'm really valuable and, and I'm really important when really it's a sign that your life's probably about to crash and you need to step in and do something we compared it to um, our garages our basements right you just start stacking one thing in there and before you know it the whole garage is full you can't park your car in there you just you take one piece of furniture to the basement and then before you know it the basement's completely full another example uh, in our society storage units like how need like every time they start clearing land in our county i know it's gonna be a storage unit right it's gonna be a storage unit because we keep buying more and more stuff and we fill up our garage and we fill up our basements and we fill up our closets and now we have to rent more space to put more of our stuff that we're probably not going to use right jesus told a story about building places for more stuff it did not end well if you ever go back and read that story but that's who we are and i get it legitimate reasons for storage units probably but i think it's a little bit uh, symptomatic of our need for more we need more we need to fill up more now we need to rent new space to put our more in thrift shops another example i have three daughters they love thrift shops like it is it is their life to go to thrift shops but what are thrift shops People getting rid of stuff so they can get new stuff, right? Often stuff they've hardly used or hardly worn, clothes with the tags still on them in 
thrift shops. This is our culture. We do more and more, and we buy more, and we get more, and we fill up more, and then we get tired of that, and so we get rid of that, and we go get more. Right on cue, someone in our church yesterday tweeted, the amount of absolute crap your house can accumulate in a decade of parenting is unreal. The more we get rid of, the more we keep finding. I won't tell you his name, but he played the drums this morning, right? Okay. Like, you feel it too. I don't even think he knew what we we're talking about today. You feel it too, separate from this series, separate from this morning. You, you feel that sense of more, more. Somebody, I forget who it was. Somebody came to me after uh, last Sunday and said, oh, I remember who it was. It was Amelia. Came to me and said, that sermon really made me nervous, right? Really, because we start talking about it, and then we start realizing it's true. It's true. I'm running fast. I, I, I got very little between my load and my limit. And in the environment that we're living in, we, we all feel it. Our heart's beating a little faster right now thinking about it. Our model, our master, the one we're supposed to be looking to as an example, did not live a hurried life. He was not stressed out. He had come to save the world from their sins, which was a pretty important job. And he was never in a hurry. He was the one always saying, hey, let's, let's get away and rest a little bit. Okay, let's get away and pray a little bit. I think we need to pray. Let's just get out of all of the rush. This is the one we're supposed to be modeling our lives after. He just had a totally different agenda. And in order for you and I to align with that agenda, in order for us to live as he lived, it's going to require some decisions on our part. We're going to have to prioritize. We're going to have to decide what are the important things? We can't let other people tell us that. We, we can't give in to the pressure that everybody puts on us to decide that. You and I have got to figure out, deep in our hearts somehow, what is the priority? Right? And the, the only way to form priorities is to make decisions, to decide. These are going to be the important things in my life, and the other things aren't. You have to make some decisions margin is something we all agree on isn't it like we all want it we all know we need it we're all for it the breakdown is not in the concept and whether it's good or bad the breakdown is making the decisions necessary to have it how do i need to reorient my life and my thinking and my direction in order to make this a reality to say it another way we know our lives would be better with margin, but we struggle to make the hard decisions necessary to achieve it. Right? We don't want to have to decide. We just want to say yes. We want to do it all. We want to have it all and do it all and go to all the places and do all the things and take all the trips. Right? We are the FOMO generation. We, f we have a fear of missing out, and so we try to do Everything We have a fear of our kids missing out, right? If you're a parent, the only fear greater than you missing out is your fear that you might cause your kid to miss out. If I don't sign them up, if I don't get them involved, if we don't run them all over the place, if we don't do all of these things, my kid's going to get left out. You feel that as a parent. Like you feel that pressure. This is the world that we 
live in. And in that world, you've got to have some way to prioritize. Everything can't be most important. If you're a reader, maybe you highlight books as you read them. It does no good to highlight every sentence in a book, does it? Just line after line. Because you, when, when you get done, you don't have a highlighted book. You have a yellow book, right? Or orange or pink or whatever color you pick for your highlighter. And when you go back, years from now, you're doing something, you think, I read a book on this. I'll go back and see what was important. Apparently, it was all important, which does you no good when you go back and look at that book. Some of us are living our life as if we're just going to highlight everything. I want to do everything. I don't want to miss out. I don't want my kids to miss out. i got to do everything. And one day, I promise you, I've lived long enough to know, you're going to look back at this season of your life, the page that you're on right now. You're going to look back at this page, and you're going to ask yourself, what did we make important? And some of us are going to see a yellow page. And we're going to realize we tried to do everything and we accomplished almost nothing. We, we emphasized nothing because we tried to do everything. You, you and I have to have some ways to prioritize, to say this is first. These other things may be good, but they're not most important. We cannot highlight everything. In order to not highlight everything, you actually have to prioritize. You ha- actually have to make a decision. Here's a proverb. This is uh, chapter 24, verse 27. This is one of those areas in the Proverbs, and most of the Proverbs is like this, where it's just one saying after another. They're not necessarily related to one another. It's just one memorable saying after another about some practical aspect of life. Here's what he writes in verse 27 of chapter 24. Put your outdoor work in order... And get your fields ready. After that, build your house, which probably has zero direct application to our life. Uh, Probably nobody here relies on planting in order to eat, right? Some of you have a garden. You eat out of your garden, but if your garden didn't make it, there's always Kroger, right? There's Publix. You would survive if your tomatoes did not come in this year. This is a different world we're reading into when we read Proverbs. Not only was it uh, how they ate, how they fed themselves, it was also how they did business. It was transactional. So they had to have enough of a crop in order to trade for something else and to pay their bills. I'm thinking probably nobody here, you are reliant upon your crops for all of your resources in order to pay your bills and make your mortgage. That's the situation in Proverbs. Everything came down to whether you had a crop. And so in prioritizing what they needed to focus on, they couldn't do both, at least not equally. They had to focus on one more than the other. And the practical advice is, look, get the crop in the ground. Put your efforts there. Because if you don't, you're going to spend all of your time building the house, which is worthwhile, but you're going to get it built, and then you're going to starve. You're going to have no way to pay your bills. You're going to have no way to trade with other people. Get your resources going, and then give attention to your house. The other wisdom in that was, once you got the crop planted, there was going to be a a season where there was not a lot to do with the crops. And so now you could give that time 
over to the house. The, the transferable principle, whether you have a garden or not, the transferable principle is you got to make choices. you got to prioritize. You're going to be given good things in fr- put in front of you, and you're going to have to decide, i got to focus on this one first, and then I'll focus on that one. This one has to come first. That one has to come later. So I, I'm just going to give you some suggestions, just some principles, some ideas that might help you in this process of figuring out what is important as we strive for, for margin. Here's the first one. We have to give up the expect, expectation that we can do everything. Right? This is number one. Give up the expectation that you can do everything. You can't. You can't do everything. You can't do all the things, and that's what we want, right? We want to do all the things. We want to have all the experiences. We want to take all the trips. We want to sign up for everything. You and I cannot do everything. Some of us have a bad habit of saying yes to everything. We take on every obligation, anything that's put in front of us. We say yes Either because we don't want to miss something, that's one reason. Another reason is because we don't want to disappoint people. Like some of us, that's our personality makeup. Like I don't, I don't want them to think they can't trust me. I, I don't want to disappoint them. So I want to say yes. And so we keep saying yes because we don't want to disappoint people. And then after we said 50 yeses, we realize I can't possibly do all 50 things. I'm going to have to start backing out of things or I'm going to have to just not follow through on some things. And guess what happens when you do that? You disappoint people. Like some of us, in an effort to not disappoint people, we say yes, 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 yes. And then we disappoint them because we don't come through because we said too many yeses. We said, I'll take that. I'll do that. And I I can promise you a clear no on the front end is a lot less disappointing than a yes on the front end and a failure to come through on the back end, right? Just tell me no, just let me know, and I'll go ask somebody else. But some of us have this fear of disappointing, of of people not trusting us, people not coming to us. You can't do everything. If you're going to find margin in your life, you're going to have to find a way of narrowing the scope of your life. You've got to make some priorities. You've got to narrow things down. It's like streaming services, right? Most of us have them. This is how we get our, our TV viewing now. It's like Netflix or Hulu or Apple TV or HBO Max or a Peacock or Disney Plus or ESPN Plus or, or all of those combined, right? You're like me. You you started that, and then you added one, and then there was a show you wanted to see on another one, and so you added that, and now you've got like 30 streaming services, and you've struggled to figure out what you want to watch out of those 30 streaming services because there's thousands and thousands of things to watch. I think this is why sometimes people post online, I just finished watching blank. What should I watch next? Like, I think that's a panic move because they're saying, I can't narrow it down. Somebody, please make a decision for me, all right? Maybe not all of you. Some of you, I don't want to make a decision. Please narrow it down. In our lives, we got to narrow it down if we want margin. You can't do everything. You can't obligate yourself to everything. You can't say yes to everything. Another suggestion. 
related. No is an acceptable answer. If you want margin in your life, no is an acceptable answer. And if you're a personality type that struggles with this, you need to internalize this. No is an acceptable answer. And it's a complete answer. It's a standalone answer. Now, you can, you can add to it if you want. No, my calendar won't allow. But no is a complete answer. It's a reasonable answer. And the only way to get margin back in your life is to use that word. You, you won't get margin back on your calendar unless you're willing to say no to some things that will free up parts of your calendar. No to that. No, I can't do that. No, I wish I could, but right now... I can't do that. In your finances, you will never recover margin in your finances without the word no. No, we're not going to eat out as much right now. No, we're not going to take that trip right now. No, we're not going to get another credit card. You will never recover financial margin if you're at the limits without the word no. And some of you are thinking, well, I'll just get another job. I'll make more money, and then I won't have to say no. Except when you get another job and make more money, you're going to find ways to spend more money because you never learn to say no. Right? Solomon writes about this, actually, in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5, he says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. And then he adds, as goods increase, so do those who consume them. The more I have, the more I spend, because I don't know how to say no. I don't say, I know how to say no to myself. I don't know how to say no to other people. More is not a solution by itself, and sometimes we think it is. More by itself is not a solution. I've got to be able to say no. No, these are some boundaries. These are some parameters shouldn't say no to everything that's not what i'm saying like i'm not giving you permission to be lazy or to be a hermit or to disassociate from the world that's not what i'm saying there should be some yeses in your life but no is a reasonable answer by itself related to no another another uh, thought no for now doesn't mean no forever that's what some of us think if i say no i'll never get this chance again no they may not ask me again it may not happen again. No, no for now is not no forever. <clears throat> when uh, you are uh, financially maxed out, there needs to be a season of really clear no's for you. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. But as you, as you get your debt paid down or as you get out of whatever uh, uh, financial struggle that you're in, that opens up some yeses. No, we can't do it right now, but there may be a time when we can do it. No, for now is not no forever. We sometimes buy into the idea <clears throat> that opportunities only come once, right? And, and, and our culture kind of pushes that a little bit, seize the day, like don't miss this opportunity, be ready. And, and there's probably a couple of times in life where that might be true, but most opportunities you have, they have a way of coming back. They have a way of presenting themselves again, maybe in a different format or maybe in a different way, but most opportunities that you say no to, they're going to come back. No for now isn't no forever. <clears throat> if margin is the space between our load and our limit, we also have to remember that our load and our limit isn't constant. 
It's not constant. What, what's a no now, we may have room for later on. Right? Some of you are in seasons of life that are very busy, very stressful. Uh, educators, things stressful right now? Right? You have a busy week this week, any of you? Yeah, a, a few of you? Yeah, some of us are in seasons of our life, the ages of our kids or, or what's happening with our job. Very stressful, very intense. We're having to say a lot of no's right now, right? But, but others of us are in seasons of our life, either short seasons or long seasons, where yeses are starting to open up. Like, we've got a little more room. We, we've got a little more margin, right? Our load and our limit, they're not constant. So just because I have to say no to something now doesn't mean I'm always going to have to say no to that. Another related thought. <clears throat> Every yes is also a no, and every no is also a yes. Right? Sounds like a, a riddle. This is what I mean. <clears throat> every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying to no to everything that you could have done with that time. Right? So when you say yes, you're saying no to some other things. If you and I decide to have lunch on Tuesday at 1230 and you say yes and I say yes, then we both said no to everything else at 1230 on Tuesday. We're doing this. This is our yes. Everything else is a no. Same thing with no. When you say no, you're opening up the possibility for a future yes, possibly a more important yes. Yes and no are interrelated. We don't think about that, especially if we're a yes person, if we're a yes, 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 yes person. We think we have unlimited amounts of yes, some of us. Right? I have unlimited capacity, unlimited amounts of yes, and then we say so many yeses, we realize I have to say no to everything else now. When you say yes, you're saying no to other things, and when you say no, that no is dictating yeses for other areas of your life. Now, that's not saying that you should hold back all of your yeses. Like, I'm going to keep all of my yeses really close because something really good might, might happen. No, you should be saying yes to some things. You should be engaging. You should be stepping into some things. But when you say yes, then you're saying no to all of the other things. This, this is just a natural process when it comes to decision-making. Let me give you a question to ask. And I come across this question primarily in, in reading about personality and personality types and that sort of thing. I didn't make up this question. But, but I think it's a very valuable question. And it's simply the question, what is mine to do? What is mine to do? What am I supposed to be doing? Given my situation in life, given my skills, given my, given my experiences... Given all the other things that I'm managing right now, what should I be doing? What is mine to do? Now, now, what that does is that frees me from comparing what I'm doing to what you're doing. Because what's yours to do is not mine to do. As a matter of fact, I can cheer for you. I can applaud you. I can say, go you. That is a great thing. That's not mine to do right now, maybe some other time. But I'm so happy that you're doing it. What is mine to do? Now, there should be some things that are yours to do. Again, I'm, I'm not giving people excuses just to disassociate from life and run away and hide. But that's a really important question. What, what should I be doing at this stage in my life, in this season, 
I don't have to be pressured to do what everybody wants me to do. What am I supposed to be doing? What is God telling me that I'm supposed to be doing? Another thought. Make friends with the unfinished. Make friends with the unfinished. Very few things in life get finished completely. Finished. Um, Married people, are you finished with your marriage? Not if you're still married, right? You're not finished. Uh, parenting, parents, are you finished parenting? Uh, we are at the stage where our kids are out of the house now. Um, 23, 22, 19, uh, college or out of college. And our motto has become in the last three years, you never stop parenting. You never stop parenting. So if you're the parent of six-year-olds and you had hope that this day was coming, I'm here to crash that, right? You never stop parenting. It's not finished. And I like finished, right? I like lists that I can check off. Done, 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 done. I like like systems and organizations, but my nature, and this is not a good thing, but this is my nature. My nature is I want to put it in place and be done with it. I just want it to run, right? And that never happens, does it? That's not the way systems work because systems have people in them. Things aren't finished. I get we have deadlines. We have projects that are due. Uh, we have things we have to turn in. Uh, high school, college students, you have assignments that are due at a certain point in time. But when you turn that in, there's going to be another one and another one. And another one, right? Finished is not necessarily the ultimate goal. We need to make friends with unfinished. And here's what I mean. We need the ability to say, I've done what I can do for today. It will be here tomorrow. I've done all I can do this week. I'll be back on Monday. I did everything that I was capable of doing today. I'm going to go spend time with my family now. I'm going I'm to be in worship today. I'm going to spend time with God today. If you're a person that needs to finish, then you're going to keep going and going and going. You're going to eat up all of your margin, and you're going to miss most of the really important things in your life because you have this need to get it finished, get it finished, get it finished and if you're going to have margin you need the ability to say i did all i could do today i'm going to leave it and come back tomorrow make friends with the unfinished last thought what is most significant is rarely the most urgent right you've heard this before in some form What is the most significant is rarely the most urgent. Why do we need to prioritize? Why do we need to make decisions? Why don't we just take life as it comes at us? Because the most vital, important, eternal aspects of who you are never sound like they're urgent. They always sound like they can wait. What sounds urgent is getting to this place on time, signing up for that, turning this thing in, making sure we filled out that form. Did we email that person? That always sounds urgent. It's always in our face. It's always screaming at us. You know what doesn't sound urgent in the moment? I need to have a conversation with my child. My wife and I need to go out to eat. 
I need to take a weekend away with my spouse. We need to spend time as a family. That never screams until it's too late. But in the day-to-day, that never feels urgent. It never sounds urgent. It always sounds like we could do that later. We'll have that conversation later. We're going to make time for family later. We're going to plug into worship later. We're going to join a community group later. I'm going to spend time in God's word later. I'm going to pray later. Right? The significant thing, the eternal things, they hardly ever sound urgent. But the problem is the calendar keeps turning. And that thing that we thought we would do later, we run out of time on. Because time passes and the kids are gone. And my marriage is struggling. And my soul is empty. And my spiritual desire is gone. Because I made time for what was urgent, not for what was significant. We may have talked about this before. In the Bible, there's two concepts of time. There's chronos time, which is, the word, we get the word chronology from it. So it's minutes, seconds, hours, days, weeks, months. It's quantifiable, measurable time. It takes this long to do this. We are going to meet at 2 o'clock. It's quantifiable. It's measurable. That's one aspect of time. There's another aspect of time the Bible speaks of that's called kairos time which is not minutes and seconds. Kairos time is important time, opportune time, the right time, meaningful time. The sort of things that you don't schedule, right? You don't schedule meaningful time for two in the afternoon. You just have to be ready for meaningful time. You have to look for opportune You have to prioritize the right time. But our world, our culture, is built on clocks and calendars. I got to get there on time. We're going to leave on time. It takes this long to drive. It's six weeks until. In two days, I will be. I got to be there by five. We live on this constant, measurable time. And sometimes we miss the opportune times the significant times the eternal times I see it often and I'm the pastor and this is church and it's Sunday morning so you knew this was coming like you expect me to say the sort of thing I'm about to say right now but I'm going to say it anyway I see it so often in people individuals singles college students families teenagers I see it across the board that as people's schedule gets busier, their focus on the things of the Lord begin to drop. As they sign up for more, as they race after more, as they participate in more, as their calendar gets full and full and full and pressure and stress, they just start disappearing. And we don't see them much. And teenagers kind of drop out of Wednesday night journey student ministry and and kind of disappear. Listen, as the stress of this world, as the busyness of this world invades your life, 
almost every time the eternal significant things get less and less in your life and one of the reasons is what we said because we think well God will be there well we'll get back to church well we're planning to go back well we're hoping they can go to camp well we're going to try to get them signed up for the youth thing and we keep telling ourselves well there'll be another chance down the road but what is most important to you like at the end of life what's going to be the most important thing when we stand in eternity what's going to be the most important thing when you flip back the pages of your life what do you hope you prioritized above everything else Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6 but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well he's talking about his father he's talking about God seek first kingdom of God the agenda of God the priorities of God but seek first what is eternal seek first what is going to last forever seek that first and yes there's a lot of other things you need in your life a lot of other things you're going to do in your life but first priority above all seek the kingdom build your life build build your days build your family with eternity in view the world's not going to help you do this social media is not going to help you do this the clock is going to keep clawing at you and pulling you obligations are going to keep pulling at you and yet Jesus said very clearly the priority is the kingdom of heaven the priority is spiritual so orient your life around that orient all that you do around that God I pray that you would speak into our hearts today you would search us and and you would reveal areas where what is significant what is eternal what matters most has somehow slipped down the list of priorities in our life God help us to to say no to the things we should say no to there should be some yeses some real yeses in our life but there should be some no's as well God I pray that Jesus words would would be in front of us at all times that the the kingdom of heaven eternity would be the priority of our heart of our homes of our future of our way of living that you would do the deep work that needs to be done in our hearts that we would conform more and more into the image of Jesus for I pray it in Christ's name amen